Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Space Cowboys, a Roswell, New Mexico podcast here on purefandom.com. I am Liz Prue, joined by my co-host, Meg Bonnie. Hello. And in this episode of Space Cowboys, we will be discussing episode nine, Songs About Texas, What the Hell Just Happened, um, Things Are Moving Very Fast, Meg. They really are. Like, I have alien cowboy whiplash. It's a thing. It's a thing, and it's happening to all of us. Give us the breakdown so we can talk about your amazing theory. Okay. Now, if I get out of breath, it's because I am, I have the plague. Just kidding. But really, have pity. Okay. So, it's been six weeks since they put Isabel into the pod. And Liz and Michael are working on the cure. They take a time out to go on a road trip to Texas to see a faith healer. Max brings Michael to investigate the mystery symbol. And Marie asks Liz to go with her because she thinks that the healer could help her mom. They all run into each other and eventually realize that the faith healer is a fraud. Uh, Marie and Michael hook up after a night of drinking. Woo! And Liz and Max have a very meaningful discussion with lots of eye contact. Um, the mother of the faith healer tells Max that there was a woman on her reservation who healed people, and she died around the time that the pod squad was found. Uh, back in Roswell, Kyle and Alex let Cameron in on the alien secret as they search to investigate a string of murders involving alien handprints. Project Shepard is back on. After an epic monologue, Max and Liz kiss. Oh. Uh, Noah finds pods in Isabel, and Alex confronts Michael about his feelings and it is very intense and in the caves Liz brings the cure to give to Isabel and she tells Max that she thinks there's another alien in Roswell <sighs> oh my god so much stuff oh my god yeah you know how like the last couple minutes of the episode are always like the oh shit moment I felt like there were five of those there really were and like I watched it when it was on live and then I watched it on the DVR and it's like without the commercials, I was like, <gasps> but like I needed a minute, you know, <laughs> like it was crazy. And there was just one thing after the other and the pacing has not let up. Um, what should we talk about first? Let's ease. Well, I feel like a lot of this, the beef of this podcast is going to be about your theory and I have some thoughts on it. Okay. Um, so let's just start with like the hookup stuff first. All right, in the kisses. Yeah. yeah. Smooch in time, like about freaking time. They have basically been eye fucking since the moment she rolled back into town. Um, but like his whole like speech to her beforehand, like listing all of her flaws and then like, but I like, I love you easily. I was just like, dude, yeah. Kiss him, honey. It was so good. She had to because it was like, how many more times can he profess his love to you before it's like, okay, you just must not like him because you can't just hear those things from someone that often and not grab him and smooch him on a cliff. Oh, and like the aerial shot, like the direction in this episode, it was so good. And like all like the kissing angles, I was, I was very appreciative of what Sherry Appleby was laying down. Like, thank you. She was very thoughtful with, not that she wasn't thoughtful in other scenes, but with the love scene, it was just, it was so sweet. And 
I just, it was an epic, that kiss needed to be epic. And so it had an epic speech beforehand. It had an epic shot. Um, I love how he was like genuinely surprised at first that he kissed her. And it was just, face. Yeah. It was so sweet because it was like, he wasn't telling her that to get a kiss. He was just telling her that because it's true. Yes. Which again, I know we say this every single episode, but that's what I love about this show is that there's like no bullshit because they're older. There are no games, um, which I know that I'm like maybe skipping a couple bullets. Bullets meaning we actually prepare for this somewhat and write out some of our thoughts, guys. But with the Malik scene, I was fully pre- like prepared for. Alex to just walk away and be like, that's it. After he saw the necklace in the boot. But again, they're 28. It's like, yeah, duh. He's probably going to hook up with someone else who cares. And in his head, he was like, I don't, I'm not going to walk away because I don't like that. He hooked up with Maria. I'm going to stay also stay because he wants more information about him being an alien, but also stay because he's like, no, I love you. Right. And like, they weren't exclusive. They weren't together. Clearly, he has not told his friend Maria about his hookup with Michael. So, like, because I, I feel like she wouldn't even, like, go near him no matter how much tequila she had. Um, totally, yeah. So, I, yeah, I like that. It's it, – in this whole episode, they did a lot of this, like, the would have been a trope situation. Like, the trope would would have been he stormed away because, you know, he saw the necklace and like mm-hmm. that was the conflict. But instead he stayed. And like the trope would have been there was only one bed and they had to sleep in it, which I love that trope. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, Yay. And then they're like, Oh never mind, there's another room. You're like, like, damn it. <laughs> but like they they kind of like show all of these stereotypical situations of what like we expect from shows like this. And then they're Mm -hmm. like, nah, nah, we're not doing that. So I like that. That was cool. Exactly. And it just makes the show. Well, it also challenges the audience to care about more than just the, like the tropes and the ships and all that stuff. You know, it's like, no, I really care about like my favorite part of this podcast. I mean, obviously is Malik's, but it's theorizing on the mythology and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's, that's really challenging for a show to do because it's really easy to get invested in these romantic relationships and have that be the backbone of your show. But I really think the backbone of the show is how those relationships influence the bigger story and vice versa. Like they work hand in hand together. Like one doesn't really rely on the other they both move at a similar pace which just makes everything so exciting oh yeah i totally agree like the mystery and all of that stuff is like the meat of the episode or wait it is it is the cake of the episode the cake like the love story is like the frosting and then all of them hooking up with each other and like us not being able to decide our loyalties on ships is like the sprinkles and the, the fun stuff. And the music. Like sprinkles and maybe a cherry. Do you put cherries on cupcakes? I don't know. In this scenario, it got away from me, but you know what I'm saying. I know <laughs> what you're saying, Mucinex. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like the Mucinex kicking in because you're babbling and I love it. Um, yeah, drugs. 
Oh, yay, drugs. I miss them. Um, speaking of drugs, Michael and Maria smoked a blunt after she did an epic Alanis Morissette set, and they did it, and it was great. Um, but like we said, I think she's not going to be like – she's her own hero, like Liz Ortega said. She's not going to be like, oh, my God, wait, I thought we had a moment. Like, as soon as she realizes that – or as soon as she sees, like, really looks and sees the love between Michael and Alex, she's going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, this is – Right. No, it's you guys. Unless they do something to change our minds. But as it stands right now, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and, like, I could see the two of them becoming something epic. And that's what's cool about this show. Like, I love Malix. Like, we talk about Malix every damn time, even when they're not even, like, in the same room in an episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I like – I mean, you're never going to be with one person for all of eternity. So to expect all of these characters to be written in a way that, like, they don't even look at anyone else, especially when, like, Michael and Alex are clearly not together. They have some stuff to work through. Like, they have all of this, like, drama going on. It could be – totally unrealistic to expect that both of them would just like stay in their corners and not do anything with anyone else mm-hmm. I kind of like that they threw this in and it's you know a little nod to the old show because I I remember when we started doing this a lot of people were like but no Michael and Maria <laughs> we're like who cares about them I know I do now like I I don't think that they're when I mean, they could be an epic love story eventually I don't think that they're gonna get to like a Malik's height but I also don't think it's fair to just dismiss any other hookup or relationship because Malix exists like and we don't use the word endgame because it has been outlawed on our podcast because Karina has been mentioned to us that she hates that but I don't know I feel like Malix is like a bigger picture type of relationship but I also like seeing these little moments and I like seeing well, like, what could Maria mean to Michael and, and vice versa? Like, what could they learn from each other and how could they grow? Because they don't have history. They have right now. And right now they're much different people than they were when they were in high school. So, like, it's kind of cool to see how different the dynamics are. So I'm not hating on any of it. And I, I actually really liked that it was so fun and playful and, like, you know, get us unlost. You know, just, like, it wasn't like, oh, we should talk about, like, this deep, meaningful connection we had and you know rolling around in the dirt they're just like oh whatever like don't look at me I know again realistic yeah and I think it introduces to kind of preview our big theories for this episode I think it introduces them spending more time together and spending more time together may mean that they start to help each other a little bit in terms of the alien stuff like I don't think we've heard the last of how Maria's Maria and her mom's quote unquote powers work. Right. Like I, I call them powers because she legitimately has some funky intuition thing going on. And that could, this was one of my um, things I wanted to talk to you about Meg. I think it could be similar to what the, quote-unquote hoax lady was talking to Max about when she was referring to the old Native American woman on the reservation who 
um, you know, had the powers to heal, never talked when she died. She said, he's risen so I can leave or whatever. A lot of that, like, um, I guess cosmic, that seems to be a word used in this episode, that like kind of cosmic-y, zodiac-y energy. Maria's got a lot of those vibes, and I think that definitely has something to do with these aliens. So maybe her spending more time with Michael will open that up a little bit more and provide a little bit more information to Michael as far as what he's working on. I like that. All right, so... Maybe. 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 Um, before I get into my big theory, I don't know if you saw my note that I sent you on our little, how we pre-organize. Um, yeah. So Dr. Jane Holden, like not to be the book nerd in the room, but did you catch like the catcher in the rye sort of reference there? Like, I feel like how detailed and planned out this show is, it feels like that's a clue because Jane, it was, um, Holden Caulfield was like obsessed with her and like he, that was one of like the girls that he loved or quote unquote loved because he was a stupid effed up teenager. Um, Mm -hmm. But having the doctor be named Jane Holden, I don't know. It felt like a clue somehow. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like where it points you. Cause like, who's the bookworm on the show? Who's like super into old books is Max. So like, I don't ever want to think that Max is bad because I love him. I love him so much. Um, but yeah, I thought, I feel like that's just something worth noting that it could be a total coincidence, but I don't feel like there are any coincidences on this show knowing how plotted out everything is. So yes. What is, what are your thoughts on that list? I think you're on to something. Um, and we need to start paying attention to these clues because remember we had a lot of clues in the beginning of the season to set the stage for this with the Ophiuchus thing with the Zodiac, with the song lyrics written on the hand. So I think we definitely need to pay attention to every little clue or Easter egg that's dropped to us. Now, I think this is a good time for you to introduce your new Alex theory. So just to remind people, we had an initial Alex theory that, um, like a five second review of that, that Alex is another alien. And in that flashback, the 1947 flashback we saw, In a previous episode, it looked like the body that they were performing an autopsy on in the little bunker, whatever, they pulled out a glowing heart, embryo, what have you. Our educated guess is that it was a baby, and we're thinking maybe that baby was Alex and he's another alien. And that's why there's all the turmoil with Mains. So Meg's going to build on that. Um... And remember, Ophiuchus is the person that was supposedly, uh, we don't know what with Rosa, leading Rosa to this ultimate death or a big part of it. We're not very sure, but discuss your theory. Okay. So obviously there, you can punch lots of holes in any theory, but when I was watching it, something that struck me and what started this theory was they keep talking about how he's not using his cane anymore and like obviously he's got you know his wound from war he's using you know uh, what, what would you call that I, I need mucinex help prosthetic thank you 
And I only know that really quick. I only know that because I just watched The Fugitive. Okay, go. I like it. I'm on board. Okay, so obviously, like, he's probably, he didn't, like, regrow a leg or anything. But I was like, what if he healed himself or at least healed the pain to make it easier for him to walk without the cane? And I was like, wait, how would he heal himself? And then I got all, like, crazy research. And my theory is that he is a feacus. And, but he's not doing the killing. So, like, I don't know if that means there's another alien or if one of our resident aliens, this sounds so crazy when you say it out loud, our, our <laughs> aliens, maybe they're doing the killing. And I feel like Wyatt Long fits in somewhere. But for the sake of this theory, we're going to throw Wyatt Long away. And we're going to say that Alex is a feacus, but he's not doing the killing, the 14 murders that have happened so far. And I did a little research. When I say a little, I got like real into it. And the updated Zodiac of Fiacus is the 13th Zodiac. And he's described as a healer with a desire for higher education. And I feel like healer is something that we keep seeing coming up in the alien powers. And it's not something we should throw away. So it's like, well, what if Alex, when he touched that piece of the ship or whatever that is that was in the wall of the bunker, kind of reignited his power? And he has somehow healed himself or healed the the pain of his injury. And so, like, tell me if I'm losing you at all with this. You're not at all. Keep going. Okay. And I, th- I still think that there is another alien, obviously, like I said. But I didn't – I don't think that Alex stumbled upon that piece in the wall. I think that he put it there was my other part of this theory. Because he doesn't seem very shocked by anything to do with the aliens. So, like, if someone, like, Cameron had a real, it was her reaction where I was like, oh, dang. Like, that's someone who did not know about aliens and is learning about aliens. But when Alex found out, he was just like, okay, all right, I'm going to, like, hack my dad's computer. <laughs> like, okay. he wasn't like, oh, gasp. He was like, uh-huh, yep, anyway. So, I feel like he he's an alien. He is, and it kind of ties into our other theory. Um, he is the baby, and he somehow got put into a pod. And when he was born, that the woman from the reservation, because um, the actor who plays Alex is uh, Native American. So I feel like that is some sort of a tie-in to, um, they didn't specifically say the woman on the reservation was Native American or how that would work if she's an alien. I don't know. There's a lot of things there to unpack. But I feel like that is something that could tie the two of them together as well. Um, and then there's Max. This is another another part of the theory. Um, when Max and Michael and Isabel hatched and Isabel and Max were in the same pod and then Michael was in a pod and then Alex was in the third pod and somehow part of Project Shepard was putting that little glowy baby egg into a pod. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that's why his dad hates him and treats him differently on top of obviously um, him being a bigot and a terrible human. That's kind of where Shepard came from because, you know, Shepherds are guiding people through the desert maybe sometimes. And I feel like Project Shepard is based around all the kids in the pod, four of them, one of them being Alex, who is a fecus. And that's it. Boom. Done. Take off your your tinfoil hat now. I think that's amazing. I think you hit the nail on the head. And Karina has said that she – was very intentional about casting a Native American for the role of Alex 
So I think we need to definitely um, put your observation of the Native, which we assume was a Native American woman on the reservation, Alex's heritage. We need to keep that as a little nugget of tying those two together somehow. Either she knew about him or I don't know. I don't know what, but somehow maybe that reservation's belief system because they knew about aliens. Um, I don't know. It somehow influences how they know Alex or know about Alex or know Alex's mom. Maybe an alien had some relations with a human Native American woman on that reservation. And as a result of that, Alex was born, thus having the same kind of powers Yada yada yada. Um, I don't know. I like it. I and also if have, he was born, oh sorry, go ahead. But I'm just gonna throw this out there before we get into your theories, which I love. Um, I was also thinking back to, and I wanted just to throw this in there before we get on another topic. Do you remember when um, Michael and Alex have sex, and they obviously we do vividly because we watched it lots of times and talked about it a lot. Um, mm-hmm when he touches his knee and they, they make a point to show uh, Michael touching and then it was his injured leg. And we, I don't know why like that stuck with me and I had to like mention it to you. I was like, is that a thing? Do we not know about like the sexual appeal of kneecaps? And I was like thinking about it when I was thinking about the Alex theory that he has somehow healed himself. Like what if Michael's a feacus and he healed him without even realizing it like he doesn't even know because he doesn't get sick like the other people because he's always drinking the acetone he has a little more grip on his powers but I kind of thought that that's something we shouldn't forget either that Alex isn't using his cane anymore they made a point to show Michael touching his knee after they had sex that time like full-on zoomed on it and that was the only reason I remembered it but yeah I feel like he could also be a feacus and like maybe that's Maria knows about it and that um, because it kind of seemed like Maria knew more than she was letting on when they were doing that like CD hunt or whatever I think that maybe she knows who Ophiuchus is and if it's Michael that would make a lot of sense for Maria thinking he's kind of a trash bag but yes go on I well we'll say I disagree with you on that because she would never even give him the time of day like if someone had an influence on how Maria died, like she wouldn't just be so playful with him, I think. Oh, you mean Rosa? How Rosa Sorry, died? how Rosa died, yes. Well, I don't think that him as a Fiacus was necessarily like linked to her death, but maybe she thought that they were just like hooking up or something, or at least doing drugs together or whatever. But I don't, in my little random headspace of a theory, that if Michael is a feacus, he wasn't malicious with Rosa. They were just like, I don't know, tripping out and listening to Third Eye Blind. Maybe. It's I fine. Disagree. You don't have to love all my theories. Liz. It's okay. I do disagree with that one, though. I don't need your approval. Just- and Michael still could have, you know, regardless of him being a feacus or not, he still could have healed Alex's limb pain without realizing it. Cause who's to say that they all don't have these powers. They just untap them at different times. You know, I like it. They're not selective to just their one powers. 
Um, so what about Noah seeing Isabel in the pod? Uh, what's going to happen here? Um, crazy theory. What if he is Ophiuchus and that's why he didn't like go nutso when he saw her? He was just kind of more like, oh shit. Like, what if he's like, who else here knows about me? Um, I don't know. It would be a big twist because otherwise I'm still trying to figure out like, where does Noah play into all of this? Or is he just like the Matt Donovan? Oh, Matt Donovan. And I mean that in a good way. That's fine. Yeah. Like you kind of need that like baseline Mm -hmm. normal dude who doesn't really know anything. Like it can't really be Kyle. Kyle knows too much at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, when they were kissing in the desert, when Liz and Max were kissing, and like you kind of saw him in the background, I didn't realize it was him right away. I was like, "Oh shit, it's Diego!" <laughs> I thought so too. I was like, "Oh my god, it's her fiance!" Crap! Please don't ruin this moment. And I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, well, I think you're right though. Like he doesn't really freak out. He's just like, "Oh no, she's not missing. It's fine." But you think like maybe everyone in Roswell is just like a little inherently like aware that there are aliens or like that it's a possibility like they maybe have seen shit and they kind mm-hmm. of like have suspicions so like no one's that shocked when it happens or I don't know I feel like I would be like what the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> like taking chairs to it and trying to you know bust Mike out if it was that situation I don't know they all just seem like real chill about it maybe they just all smoke a lot of pot in Roswell take sign me up um after the baby of course what about how okay so kind of we've talked about all of that we've talked about how alex could have been in the third pod since max and isabel shared a pod um we assume when the old lady on the reservation said he has arrived so i may leave what do you think about maybe more meaning to that than a prophecy like maybe the pods and the aliens' lives are tied to other life forms. So someone has to die in order for them to, like, live type thing. Because she died as soon as they hatched. And that would make up make up for some, like, really messed up relationships on the show. So, like, I don't know if you remember in Vampire Diaries when Elena Gilbert's life was tied to Bonnie Bennett's life. And Elena was only able to come, like, wake up from her slumber until after Bonnie's human life ended. I mean, obviously there was a loophole and whatever we all saw that ended, but that would be super interesting if that happened. Like I'm just literally just spitballing off the top of my head here. Like if Isabel's life was tied to Noah's somehow, like if Noah died, then she would be fine coming out of the pod because, and the reason it made me start to think of this was there are 14 deaths here. So why would these people be dying? Like, unless it's legitimately, like, a serial killer. Like, maybe there's more reasoning behind it. Like, someone has to die in order for them to live. And Max was really opening up even more so to Liz about how when he says, if I'm not, what what was the line where he said um, is, or where Liz tells him not saving someone isn't the same as killing them. Right. That was from Kyle, Dr. Kyle had said that to her and she yes. passed the wisdom on. So we've already had this idea in our, in our heads, but what if they find out they are only alive 
I mean, because they're technically like a hundred, not a hundred years old. They're like 50 years old or whatever, 50 plus years old. They're only alive because someone else died. Like kind of like hocus pocusy type shit. Suck the youth. You're you're sucking the youths out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Something to marinate on. And that brings up the whole moral thing of like, do I deserve to live if me, even if I'm a quote unquote good person, the only reason I'm here right now is because someone else has to die in order for me to live. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. That's, you know what that reminds me of is, um, I don't think you watched Runaways, Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. I have not, but I want to. So the alien like dude in that, um, part of the way that he can like, stay on earth without his like skin basically peeling off because he's obviously not made for earth is they have to like sacrifice people kind of like their life force keeps him alive oh so like hey that that's definitely like a thing that exists in the universe okay well yeah i like that um i want to move on to your next theory because i have thought about it but i don't it's like I don't know how to put it into words that like how it would work so I will let you bust it out for uh, talking about Maria well we touched on it a little bit um about you mean the one if Maria is like the Native American woman who died yes yeah I still need to flesh this out a little bit more but so Zodiac astrology all that stuff is tied into like tarot and intuition and psychic energy psychic powers and i'm i want to say that these psychic powers will have something to do with the elements and energy that the aliens have brought to earth and maybe some humans that are a bit more intuitive than others are able to tap into this which maria and her mom definitely are like that So maybe, and maybe that's due, I don't know if that's just because of something that's like in the air or like, you know, like Maria's mom or Maria's mom or dad had a relationship with an alien and it's like kind of in her blood a little bit. I don't know, but I think um, that's tied to Maria and her mom and the cosmic stuff they have going on is definitely tied to the Native American woman we were introduced to. Um, in this episode. Okay, so I love that. What do you think about how the symbol would create itself around her? Like, what do you think that is? Because that kind of happened with Isabel. I remember a couple episodes ago when she woke up in the desert and the symbol was on the ground around her. So the the Native American woman from the reservation um, they said like fire would make the symbol and like water would spill and go into the symbol. Mm-hmm. So like, what do you think that's about in relation to like Wyatt Long who was drawing it? And we don't really think he's an alien. He could be an alien because that whole thing was weird. Um, when we theorized about him before we had said he was being controlled, but he also drew the symbol without realizing it. So what do you think about Like, do you think there is any tie between, like, tie in between Wyatt Long and that woman? Like, could he be the he? Or do you think that he's just still, like, a pawn in all of this? 
I think he's still a pawn only because my theory is that the symbol represents someone of power and the like clue to whether or not you're under that influence is the symbol. So like the symbol is very specific. So it has the like how you were saying there's one little circle that looks like it rep might represent twins or whatever. Um, and then, you know, the other one represents Michael and then that other one could represent Alex. And I think that, um, I, to me, it's a symbol of, it's like a mark that you've been not branded, but that you've been manipulated or somehow controlled a little bit by whoever owns that symbol. Like, I don't know if it's something that it, it had manifested itself. I think it's definitely something maybe that someone owns. Branding is very important. So, like, mm -hmm. you have to brand yourself. But I like that. Totally. Like that. It's their logo, if you will. All right. I'm going to try to mute you so I can blow my nose. Little You're peek fine. behind the curtain, everyone. I like, I know, I like <laughs> sniffled earlier. As you know, we're moms and we don't really edit the full <laughs> We just kind of like edit as, as we go. Oh my gosh, I can't hear you. Way to go, girl. I did not sniffle or mute my sniffle. So I'm really sorry, guys. But yeah, so I, I just, yeah, I think the logo thing, that's, that's my thought on it. I like that. And I like that, I don't know, I feel like, I really need to dig back into the rest of the episodes because I feel like we have all these like little pieces of theories and I want to take what we have discussed mm -hmm. and I'm going to go back and binge them because who needs sleep, right? I sound amazing. I'll need to rest. I'm going to go mm -hmm. back and I'm going to watch all the episodes <laughs> and I'm going to see like based on what we've learned and kind of stacked up so far, if we can kind of fit more stuff into it. So I shall report back because you know, any excuse to rewatch this show, I am freaking on board. I know, me too. I'm going to rewatch as well. And I think it's, I, I just, I love shows like this where you can theorize. And that's why, like, I love rewatching Game of Thrones because I pick up on something every single time I watch it. And it's so fun when writers put those little tidbits in the episodes, like in episode two, but it's not addressed until episode 14 or whatever it's just it's so fun so we will do that we're gonna keep pushing out some well meg's been on it lately with pushing out some like omg what do you think about this post outside of our podcasts but of course we'll still be podcasting um because we just hit our year anniversary hey recently like thank god one, thank God they picked up the show because we podcasted before they even, like, did the pilot. And two, thank God this show doesn't suck because we started podcasting, <laughs> like, hard. Like, we went all in before we – Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy with our, our life choices, Liz. I feel like we did a good thing. We did, and maybe this is a sign that it will get renewed for season two because – we didn't know, you know, what was going to happen with the show, the pickup, all that sort of stuff when we started podcasting about it. So we're, we're putting some good energy out there for you guys. So you're welcome. Yes. Yes. Unlike the fraudulent Zodiac, we are for real invested in things. 
Yes. It didn't make sense, but if you close your eyes and you just pretend I'm singing mm-hmm. this, it's been a 90s song. Speaking of songs, how good was the music uh, in this episode? Per the usual, it was amazing. I just, I love the music. Um, oh, which reminds me, Meg, I think this is a good time to announce it to y'all. Um, Pure Fandom has a Spotify now. So, yeah. as you know, Pure Fandom's like super legit. And we... <laughs> We're just an enterprise over here, and I, my personal Spotify got hacked, and I called Spotify, Spotify support. They tried to reinstate my account. It kept getting hacked, and they were basically like, we won't hate you if you leave, and I was like, what the hell? Lost all of my playlists. It really sucked. I switched to Apple Music, which is, like, fine, but I'm not that into it. So I've been meaning to make a pure fandom Spotify for a while now anyways. So I was like, well, I'll just make a Spotify under pure fandom and we'll start making really cool playlists on there. So maybe we should start doing um, maybe the, the CDs that we sent Karina and team. We sent her two burn CDs of what we thought Max and Liz would put on their 2008 senior mixes. Um, they ended up like a lot of those songs were on the show in I some know. form. Like, shout out to us last year. Okay. I'm, so, I'm very impressed with old us, excess, young excess, us. Excess, us, us. We're kind of hot mess us right now, but it's fine. We're chugging along. So maybe we'll make some playlists for you guys. I think that would be awesome. And I think that if you guys have songs that you particularly love or that kind of fit the vibe of the show, you should hit us up on Twitter and tell us because we love music and music is a really big part of the show. So we want to we want to hear what you think. I think my favorite from this episode, aside from the Alan Alanis, who am I? Alanis, but um, the Alanis Morissette cover uh, was the Iris cover, and I forget her name. Oh. I have to look it up. It was Natalie Amazingness? That's not yes. It, but we'll find it. Um, I love that. That was under the Echo Kiss. So like cute, and like how they did the Third Eye Blind cover, um, Jumper. Right, Jumper, the episode before that. I'm really, really into these, like, slow, soft covers. I think it's It's great. It's really hard to make the 90s moodier, but they're doing it, and they're doing it well. Yes. There you go. (laughs) It's good, and I love love that there's a Spotify, and I think that we should totally – we should really, like, get all the 90s jams on there, and then, Mm -hmm. like, whatever other people feel like – would fit the vibe of the show hit us up because chances are those i mean they're going to be on there it's kind of like a finite point in music history yes i mean new 90s songs so let us know what you think like what you were jamming on what was making your heart break when you stood in the desert thinking about nathan parsons nathan parsons um i'm like loving the theories i'm loving the show and it's getting closer to the finale. I think there's, what, 13 episodes? Mm-hmm. So, oh, my God. I don't want it to be over. Man. Hopefully we'll get, we'll get that renewal notice soon, and it'll be great. I know. Crossing our fingers. And, guys, make sure you check out, like Meg said, check us out on the Twitters. Tweet us all of your theories at pure underscore fandom. Um, check out purefandom.com. Check out um, all of our other podcasts. Our podcast people are amazing. We have Brad and Court Talk that does all of um, the Sci-Fi Network shows. They do some freeform shows. Eric and I finally dropped our podcast, Remembers Game of Thrones podcast on all things Jamie Lannister. 
recently. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Mm it. Loved it. And then um, I think we'll have some new content for you this weekend, too. Meg and I are taking our hubbies to C2E2. So make sure you check out our Instagram and Twitter for some coverage on that as well. It should be super fun. It will be super fun. Thanks for chatting with me. I know today was hectic with all of our germs flying around. I know. Oh, I'm so ready. I think, um, yeah, this week's kind of a wash, but I've, I've caught up a little bit. I feel, I feel fine. You know what I mean? Like I've, I'm, I feel enough right now. You feel enough. It'll work. I'm really wishing I was an alien from a pod so I could like never get sick or like stick myself in a pod and heal. Mm-hmm. But or we are like human. Sleep. <laughs> yes. Sleep. And be left alone and for a little bit. Search the thirteenth zodiac. Uh-huh. Like my Google is like, you stop it. Like you've read all the pages. Stop it. So yes, we Good will. For you, girl. I love it. More and researching like pools because we are going to get to the bottom of this. Hell yeah, we are. I Just love it. I all. love the planning, the plotting of this show. It's awesome. And thanks for listening to all of my phlegm talk. This is Meg Bonnie. You're welcome. Thanks. All right, guys. We'll hit you up next time. Bye.